to the Feed You podcast, giving you the real scoop on raising your business to new heights. Expert education, inspiration, and motivation to fuel your purpose, your passion, and your profits. Here's your host, Elisa Connor. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Feed You Podcast. I am squeaking this podcast out this week. I am telling you, it is late afternoon on Tuesday, and this is going live tomorrow. So it is going to be a quickie, but a goodie. It's been a little bit hectic over here um, at Elisa Connor Consulting, but it's been good. It's all really good. Um, so I hope you all are doing well, and that um, I have heard some feedback about these Sales Funnel um, podcast episodes, and people are liking them, so I thought I would do another one. This week, we're going to focus on how to make your website Sales Funnel friendly, and I know I've done some other website um training in the past and um, I've also probably done some videos and some um, other podcast episodes but your website really should be the central hub of everything that you do marketing wise because if it's not then um, you I, I always relate it to your website is one piece of real estate that you own whereas if you are investing all of your time and energy into say a social media platform as we all very know well know they change the um, rules on those platforms to best benefit them the owners i.e facebook instagram etc because to, it's a business they need to make money and so they do not have your best interest in mind as a business owner which is why um, having at least a simple website, if nothing else, is uh, really in your best interest. Now, the other key component of having a website is that it is the first, the first thing that people do is if they're looking for somebody that is say, um, doing whatever your product or service is. So let's say you're a hair salon. Um, the first thing that people are gonna do is search out a question like hair salons near me. And if you don't have a Google listing and you don't have a website and you don't have content up there that talks about that service that you offer in that area, you're probably not gonna come up and search. Um, there are several other ways that you can rank, one being reviews, but, and you can pay your way there. But if you're just looking for a way to show up there and people then click on, you know, however they found you, the first thing they're gonna wanna do is go to your website and check you out. Well, if your website, looks like it was built in 1998 and it doesn't load on their phone, guess what? They're going to your competitor. And so it doesn't have to be perfect and it doesn't have to be glamorous as some people would have you believe, um, but it does need to be streamlined and it need, does need to have some important features. And that's what I wanted to talk about today is your website really only needs to have three things on it um, as far as and you could even just do one page now they've got like scrolling pages I do a lot of those for people where it will just scroll down and everything's on one page um, but the things that you really need to keep in mind is one it needs to be mobile friendly and these are not part of the three these are ones that I'm just throwing out there but it needs to be mobile friend friendly because something like 85 to 90 percent of all searches happen on a phone or a mobile device of some sort and so if it's not showing up guess what they're going to your competitor and so just make sure that your website is what's called responsive which means it responds to the internet um, or the the device that it's pulled up on so if it's pulled up on a phone it'll show up correctly on there and anybody who does website design um, should be very well versed in that technology so that you know um, 
if, it, if it's showing up correctly on all of those uh, different devices. Another thing that, that I find quite often, especially if you're selling product um, from your website, is you need to make sure that you have some security in place. Regardless of um, having an e-commerce or a, a product-based site, it, a regular website needs to have what's called an SSL, um, which stands for Secure Socket Layer. And that is a license that you can get through your hosting company that basically says um, whenever somebody's on your website that they're their information and um, any interaction that they might have with your website is protected securely. And Google, oh my gosh, I think it's been three years ago, started penalizing websites that don't have an SSL. And I am shocked and amazed by how many websites still don't have this implemented. Most of the time your hosting companies will provide an SSL for free, a basic one. Um, you, if you're selling e-commerce or selling products from your website, you will probably need some advanced um, security, especially if you're collecting credit cards, because that will protect you um, in case something were to happen and um, credit card numbers were compromised. But um, regardless, you should have a, an SSL on your website, regardless of what kind of business you have to protect your um, visitors, information, any information you might collect from them and any kind of interaction that they might have on your website. I use a company called SiteGround. I can link to that in the show notes at alisaconnor.com forward slash 86. And they offer a, number one, they're a great company and um, there's a reason I use them. Um, They have really great uptime. They have excellent customer service and they're one of the highest ranked hosting companies out there, but they also provide an SSL for their customers at no charge. So um, not to go on too much about them. They are not, they should maybe be sponsoring this episode, but they're not. Um, but they are a great company and I will link to them in the show notes. So if you're looking for, um, hosting for your website, that's where your website lives. Um, I would highly recommend SiteGround and I'll stick that link over in the show notes for you. So what are these three things that we need to have on our website, Elisa? I'm curious, you've piqued my interest yet. You have not given me the information. Um, the first thing that you absolutely need on your website is a way to um, communicate with your audience. And that could be um, a potential client. It could be just somebody that's you know coming off of a Google search. But the first thing that they're gonna be looking for, I know this is gonna be shocking because I never talk about it, kidding. Um, the first thing they're gonna be looking for is a solution to their problem. So if they get to your website and they want a beard trim and all you do is talk about, um, the latest highlighting color for, you know, I don't know, trends, (laughs) latest highlighting trends for women's color, they're probably going to go to a different website. And so um, it's, that's not a bad thing. But if you don't answer that at all, um, they're for sure going to leave and they're not going to uh, speak highly of you because or even speak of you at all because they don't know what you do. And I have this happen more times than not. You'll go to a website and I love, love, love um, people that are very technically oriented. Um, They love to put in words, and I have a client right now that that they just love to put words, especially people that um, 
I love smart people to begin with, but that that have studied things extensively, but on your website is not the time to unload your brain because it all it does is cause confusion. It does not lead your um, visitor to the next step and it stops your sales funnel. And guess what? When it stops your sales funnel, it stops your sales, which means you're not making any money. Nobody wants that. So God love you if you're one of those people that is um, very technically inclined and you have a lot of information and you know it's really valuable and you wanna share it. Try to hold it in. Try not to throw up on them when they come to the homepage and just keep it really, really clear and think about these three things. Number one, what's their problem? Number two, can you really dig into their pain point and make them aware that you are aware of their pain point and you know what it feels like? And three, can you solve it? If you have those three things at the top of your sales page, including a way for them to purchase that solution that is so obvious that you're like, that's obnoxious. No, that's clarity. And so um, what that looks like is a buy now button. And I am telling you, I look at, I bet there are 70 to 80% of websites that I look at that I can never even find how to work with them. I actually had a um, somebody reach out to me recently that was a coach and I went to her website and I, for the love of God, could not find how to, to buy her product. I went, um, I, I think I scrolled through three or four pages and I was diligently looking. I'm telling you what, if, if I don't know her and I wasn't diligently looking, I would have given up long ago. So if you can answer you know, the problem, dig into the pain point, provide a solution and give them a direct path to purchase that solution, right? Then that is, you are 90% ahead of everybody else out there. And where people drop the ball is addressing the problem and giving people a way to purchase. So um, that that is number one. You gotta give them a place, to, a, an immediate way to purchase or move forward with you. And so um, that can be a buy now, it could be a schedule now, it could be, um, you know, free demo, whatever it is, however you're going to have them move forward. Um, so that's number one. Number two is that you have to have a, an, a direct call to action. And that means you have to tell them what you want them to do. Because if you just have a button that's like, learn more, nobody's gonna push that. Nobody wants to learn more, they want their problem solved. And so I'm the, the more clear you can make it, um, and the more obvious you can make it, and the more direct you can make it, the quicker people will take action and the quicker you're going to start seeing um, results on your sales page. And so um, a lot of times what will happen is people will link over from a social media page and it just goes to the main page of their website. And in the meantime, or it just goes, I don't know. I, I'm sometimes I look at Instagram. I love Instagram. I'm a little bit addicted to it, but, um, I'll give you an example. I, um, am a stamper and which means I use rubber stamps to create cards and scrapbook pages and stuff like that. It's one of my hobbies that, um, I have not gotten to do for a while. So recently I started looking up, first thing I did was go to Pinterest and see, you know, who are, who should I be following over on Pinterest that's making cool cards right now? Because there's a lot of um, people out there that create 
stamp projects that literally look like a piece of art. They're gorgeous. And um, not that I want to be them, but I always have something I can learn from them. Well, I follow them over to, you know, whatever shop that they're getting their stamps from. And, and I look at them like, this is such a hot, convoluted mess. I'm looking at it on my phone and there are literally no more than six different squares for me to choose from. I can go on a blog hop. I can go, um, you know, see the latest blog, uh, latest contest. I can, you know, all these things, anything but buy our products. <laughs> and I'm like, I came over here because I wanted to look at your stamps. I don't want to see all of these things that you have going on because I want to see what stamps you have and which ones are new and specifically which ones are going to be coming up for spring and summer. And so if you have a product or service and you are talking about it on Instagram, do not link to a generic page of your website, link to where they can purchase that product. Because if you go to a generic page, they're not gonna be hunting around unless they're desperate to find it. Um, and even then, if, if it's too hard, they're just gonna give up, they're gonna get distracted, or they're gonna go somewhere else, or all of those things. And so that's how this ties into your sales funnel, is you need to make it really clear one, where they're going, and it can be to different pages. Like with Instagram, it's a little bit more tricky because you can only have one link unless you have a, um, you know, link tree or something like that where you can have multiple links. But um, be careful with that too, because, you know, some of the, like the same coach that I went to, I went to her um, Instagram page and she had like 18 links for different things that she had. And I'm like, I'm not choosing any of these because one, it doesn't even fit on my phone anymore because you have so many links. And two, I can't find the one I want, which is what you were talking about in your post. And so the, the long, <laughs> the long about uh, version of what I'm trying to say here is one call to action, make it clear, make it answer their most direct intimate problem. Um, and so they can move forward. And so if you have multiple product offerings or something like that, um, let's use the stamping people, for example, if they were linking to um, a specific product that they had for sale, that should be front and center on their website. And it doesn't have to be a slider and it doesn't have to be fancy. It can be a button or it can be a page where I can go and buy that product. Or if it's a, um, package of because with stamping with cards you know there's multiple things you've got paper you've got ink you've got stamps you've got glue all these different things so maybe they have a package that is what they're offering for the month from that um, specific card that they're stamping because I want it all I want to be able to just open up my mailbox take that out and make the card I don't want to have to go and figure out all the little pieces that go with it and so if they had that as the link from that example that they posted or the tutorial that they've, you know, um, spent hours creating and the video and everything. And then, um, you know, linked directly to that product, that product offering, I'm going to swoop it up like nobody's business. So when you're creating that sales funnel for your business and you're having them come to your website, think about that. Connect the dots between what you're selling and your website and make it easy for them to go, yes, add to cart, yes, schedule appointment, yes, get it now. And it works for any type of business. I don't care if you're a restaurant, I don't care if you uh, have a product-based business, I don't care if you have a service-based business. When you can get them in front of that way to move forward, nine times out of 10, they'll do it. If 
if you are the if you are the solution to their problem. So that's number two is to uh, have a direct call to action and then connect it into the rest of your sales funnel for the love of all things holy connected into the rest of your sales funnel. Um, and so let me give you an example of what that would look like if you're a restaurant. Say you, for example, right now um, we're in the middle of COVID-19. If you're listening to this in the future, you know, far into the future, it might be far behind us. But right now we have a lot of restaurants that cannot have um, customers in the restaurant. And so one of the things they might be promoting is for Mother's Day, they have a take home. um, I'll use a, a fondue restaurant here. And they're not doing this, I'm just making this up. But they have a Mother's Day fondue pack where you can get a cheese, a chocolate, uh, a cheese and a chocolate fondue, um, and maybe a um, pack of their spices. They have like specific spice blends. So maybe you get three of their spice blends. And so for Mother's Day, they would create a little um, package a mom's day package and they would feature that in all of their social media and all of their um promotion their marketing promotion and then the first thing that you would fall on from that um promotion you know when you click through on the link from wherever they're promoting at a facebook ad or whatever is on the page where you can purchase it. Don't hide it don't try to be shy don't be like oh i don't want to sell it to them right away if they're looking at what you, you know, you got this chocolate spread that you're putting out there on Facebook and they're like, their mouth is watering. They want it and they want it for dinner tonight. And if they are a um, spouse or a child of that mom, they don't wanna go hunt for it because one, they don't even really know what fondue is and they don't, they just know that mom wants it and they gotta get it and they don't wanna have to go look for it. It's like sending a teenager into the pantry and asking them to find some like random spice blend. They'll look for two minutes and go, nope, we don't have it. (laughs) And so think about that. Like when you're putting things out there, think about your teenager, um, even your teenage self, like how long you would look for something. If you go into the garage, you're like, yeah, 30 seconds later, nope, can't find it. I'm not going, they're off. That's exactly what your your clients or your potential clients and your leads will be doing. So number two, call to action. Number three is you've got to create a way to deliver value and build connection. And the best way to do this is by having some sort of blog. Now, when I say blog, people like, they don't like that word, it's too overused. You can call it whatever you want. You can call it resources, you can call it tutorials, you can call it, um, you know, your happy place, whatever. Just make it so that your customers know they can go there and get what they need to get. Maybe it's, you know, lessons a day or, you know, you, or you can call it blog. You can call it whatever you want, but it is a place that you consistently show up. Once a week is great. Um, twice a month is good. I would not do it less than that. Um, I have one client who does it once a month and she has a very loyal following. Um, and I know you're going to be listening, Liz, but if she would up her ante and do it twice a month, she would probably increase her uh, following because she's in front of people more often. But she has great open rates, so I can't pick on her too much. Um, but whatever it is for you, once a week, twice a month, once a month, as long as it's consistent and you let people know, and it's a place for you to, to go and give value. So let me give you an example going back to the stamping people. Um, so I follow this gal, I'm trying to remember what her, uh, what her name is. 
something McGuire. Anyway, she's fantastic, and I can't think of her of her, of her first name. I think it's Julie, but I don't think that's right. Uh, anyway, so she posts about once a week. Sometimes it's every other week. Um, she does a tutorial. Well, of course, she has all of these stamp companies that send her supplies, and I'm sure they pay her to design cards because her cards are gorgeous. But she does these tutorials. And so one of, uh, one of the things I've been doing lately at night, instead of, um, I don't really like to watch TV. <laughs> I get kind of bored. Like, I'll rewatch a series, and then I'm like, yeah, I'm done for like six months. I just don't watch TV. But I will like tune into YouTube or something else or a book on type, book on tape or something to learn something new. And so I've been binge watching these videos of hers and she will have a very specific technique that she talks about. And so one that I watched um, last night was this um, technique she used where you're stamping with a really light colored ink onto a dark cardstock and it gave it a totally different look. Well, what was unique about that is she made like, I don't know, at least four different types of cards with different stamps and um, fairly similar technique, just a little bit different. Um, but she did this really in-depth technique and told you all the tools she used and she, she gave you all of the um, different stamps that she used and why she did it and lessons learned and all these different things that she fit in there. Well, what was nice about that tutorial is it was very unique to her audience. It was very unique to um, anybody that was walking in the door. So if somebody that was more advanced, they could do it. Somebody that was, you know, kind of intermediate and somebody that was a beginner. If you had a plethora of stamp supplies, just, you know, maybe a few, and then maybe if you were just starting out. So it was all different levels, but she, she fed that audience very well with um, that video tutorial and gave lots and lots of value. And so, um, of course, today, being the social media stalker that I am, I went and found her on Instagram. And she's got like, I don't know, some ridiculous amount of followers, like 91,000 followers. Well, it's very obvious why, because she's been doing these videos probably for 10 years, maybe not that long, but for a while. Um, and she just gives tre tremendous value and doesn't ask anything in return. Now, what her audience probably doesn't know is that every time somebody purchases one of those stamp sets from her website, she probably gets paid an affiliate commission, which is how she makes money. Now, um, that's a really smart way to make money because when you go to her site, it's not covered with ads. And it's very different than going to like, say a food blogger site where every time you move on the page, you get attacked by another ad. You got pop-up ads, you got ads in the news feed. It's, it's out of control, people. Like if you're listening and you're a food blogger, knock it off. There are better ways. Um, so the whole point of that is that she is consistently creating content. She's creating content for her audience and for a very broad audience under one specific topic. And she's also providing value above and beyond the video by doing a blog post of that video, like what is included, including a tutorial that walks you through every step of what she's talked about and an incomplete list, maybe not every step, but she does a pretty good tutorial and a complete list of products and supplies and where to find them with links. That is a huge value offer to her audience and it is a, a huge value offer to the people that she's representing with their products. So. That is uh, what I'm trying to get across here is, you know, how can you deliver 
value to your audience because when you can create you deliver value create connection you create loyalty and you start to build the relationship now another key component of creating that content is it opens up the opportunity for you to utilize that content whether it's a podcast a video show uh, a blog post um, or whatever it might be but you can one open up the opportunity to move people continually continue them through your sales funnel whether that's affiliate sales or purchasing an, a product or service directly from you or um, you can utilize it as an opportunity to gather in intel and information from your audience as well as feedback so uh, I highly recommend getting on the content bandwagon if you haven't and just make it work for your schedule. Now, as you know, um, we are all on lockdown and things are chaotic at my house. So sometimes there's a little background noise, but I am consistently still getting these podcasts out because it's important for you to have this information now more than ever. And so um, it, it I'm beckoning you to get on the bandwagon as well. But that is, this has been a short but sweet podcast episode this week. I just wanna recap the three things that we talked about. Number one, um, to have a, oh, I think I forgot to tell you number one. Number one is to have a way, oh, uh, I went through uh, a few other things at the beginning, but number one on my list is to um, make sure you have a way to gather your visitor's email address. So whether that's a landing page or an opt-in form on a landing page or an opt-in form on some other part of your website, it is essential for you to have a way to collect email addresses. And I highly recommend it that you put it at the end of every piece of content based on the previous um, tip so that you can gather uh, those email addresses and then continue to move them through your funnel. And it will either put them into the funnel and they'll keep on going through or they won't ever sign up and they're not meant to be a customer of yours regardless. So that is uh, that was supposed to be number one. So excuse me for being distracted. I told you I shouldn't record these at four o'clock. Um, but that is to have some way for you to gather uh, their contact information. And when people want to gather this information, sometimes they want to gather like name, city of birth, eye color, all these things. People are not going to give you that. They want to give you as little information as possible. So it is pretty typical to ask for a first name or name and also um, an email address. I'm so lame that I won't even put my name in anymore. When I sign up, I just put a letter. <laughs> so I'm just telling you, like people don't want to give you their information. It's, they don't have time. They don't want to do it. So the least amount of information that you can collect the best. Um, so that was an easy one to cover. So I did give you some additional tips about things that to look at for your website. Um, at the beginning of this episode, you can rewind and listen to those if you want to, but the three main tips that I wanted to get to get in front of you are the things that you absolutely have to have on your website. And the first is, is you have to have some sort of call to action. You have to call them to action and make it really obvious to them how they can move forward and do business with you, purchase from you, order from you, um, sign up with you, whatever that looks like. Um, and so making it crystal clear, whatever that call to action is. And number two is to have, um, 
a way to connect with your audience consistently. And I dove into that pretty well today. And then the third one, which was actually number one, but you guys don't care. The third one is to make sure you have a way to gather and capture those email addresses and um, names so that you can continue to connect with them, build the relationship and, and put them into your funnel in some way or another. So that's what I've got for you guys this week. I will see you next week. And in the meantime, uh, I would love for you to join me over on the Facebook group and tell me what you um, are thinking about your website. I'm actually thinking about opening up a couple of uh, website review opportunities over there in the group. So um, I'm gonna post a, uh, I'm gonna make a post. And then if you are one of the first two people to comment, I will do a review of your website. So meet me over there. It's at uh, facebook.com forward slash small business builders. And you can also find the link for that at, in the show notes for this episode at elisaconnor.com forward slash 86. In the meantime, have a great week. Stay healthy, stay safe, enjoy the springtime. And I will talk with you next week. Take care. If you're struggling with what to say, who to say it to, and where to say it, you may need my new Ideal Client Worksheet. If you know your audience, you know where they hang out, and you know what they're interested in, it makes every piece of your marketing easier to put together. The Ideal Client Worksheet helps you discover the important questions that you need to ask when it comes to finding your clients. It will help you understand them, understand their problems, so that you connect with them, attract them, turn them into leads, and convert them into customers. So go grab your copy today at elisaconnor.com forward slash ideal client. See you next week.